That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hey folks, the start of a new year is a perfect time to think about making your home more attractive and making yourself more comfortable. Brooklinen.com has over 50,000 five-star reviews for its luxurious and affordable bedding. I'm one of the half million people who spends my nights insanely comfortable thanks to Brooklinen's affordable, high-quality sheets. In fact, here in the refrigerator, Kimberly and I love our fresh, white, cool-to-the-touch, classic-core Brooklinen sheets. In fact, Kimberly says every single night, that it's like climbing into bed at a luxury hotel thanks to Brooklinen. For bedding, towels, robes, bath mats, shower curtains, loungewear, and more, Brooklinen has it all. Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to hit refresh in the new year. Go on, make yourself comfortable. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping on all the new sheets when you use promo code BOBC only at Brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N N-E-N.com and use the code B-O-B-C. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, now, see, I don't care about what you think down in Washington, because that's chicken shit radio. Here at NBC, this is real radio. And the first thing you've got to do is say the call letters properly. I'm going to teach you how to sing. All right? And, you know, I hope you can get them. Because, see, you don't have a real good voice like I'm as Captain Frank and nothing. So we're going to have to practice it. Well, the way it's said properly is WNBC. WNBC. Listen up. WNBC. You hear that? WNBC. 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 In my mind, I'm hearing. I'm, it sounds like I'm saying exactly no, what you're saying. No, actually. WNBC. You know what? You gotta listen to Imus. Imus does it perfectly. Tell you what, I'm gonna take you down to Imus's office right now, and you're gonna hear how he does it. Come on, boy. You know, let's I, go. I, I, Come on, Mr. Imus. You are interrupting. What do you want? Sorry, I have uh, Howard Stern outside. You have who outside? A young man from Washington that we recently. You have Howard Stern outside my fucking office? Yes, sir. How did Howard Stern get outside my fucking office? I brought him down. Well, I'm not going to meet that stupid fuck. He's nothing. Oh. Fuck off! Bob Seska! I don't know what we're yelling about! The Bob Seska Show! (laughs) 
from our nation's capital. It is Tuesday, January 28, 2020, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, the greatest damn soap ever. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1,104 of the Trump crisis, day 129 of the impeachment of Donald Trump, 280 days into the 2020 presidential election. And let's bring in my good friend, Mr. Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hi, everybody. It's Hi. great to be here. Hello. It, it's great to be. I was I was very late today. I was about a half an hour late for the show. Really, truly, I was. <laughs> uh, and it was because uh, I was told that a transcript would do. I didn't really have to show up. <laughs> be, be sure and stick around for the end of today's show when we hand out commemorative pens. <laughs> everybody... Everybody gets a pen today. Oh, man, there's so much I could say on today's show, but um, I've decided I'd rather wait till my book comes out in March, if that's all right. <laughs> You've got one, too, huh? Yeah, oh, doesn't everyone? Yeah. Say, this is interesting. After uh-huh. the uh, defense case that was presented by the president's lawyers yesterday, uh, that compelling case they, they unfurled yesterday. Yeah. Uh, after that, now most Americans agree that Hunter Biden should be removed from office. I don't... I know. Oh, my God. At least he shouldn't win the Democratic primary. That's all. I didn't see that left turn coming. Actually. <laughs> uh, we, we've been reading. I've been reading at least this week about the presidential polls. I I'm, assume you're following them as well. Yes. And and I've been reading about this thing they call the Bernie surge. Mm-hmm. The Bernie surge. Have yeah. you heard about that? <laughs> all, all, I, all I know is whenever I have a Bernie surge, I just take a couple of Tums. <laughs> That might be my favorite joke in a while. That's great. Okay. <laughs> it's it's easily addressed. Yes. And uh, and finally, uh, stepping away, of, if we can for a moment, stepping away from politics, uh, Eddie Van Halen mm-hmm. turned 65 years old this Oh, jeez. Which means he now qualifies for Medicare. And, and it also means these days Eddie's just lukewarm for teaching. <laughs> Not the young man he once was. He's old then. now. Who is? Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Hi, Bob. Hi, Hi. everybody. How are you, uh, uh, Buzz? Um, I forgot your name there for a second. I was about to say, <laughs> you actually knew Kevin Matheny, who is uh, Pig Vomit from Private Parts, played there by don't Paul you, Giamatti in that classic don't you miss? Don't you miss radio? I'll tell you what's true about that clip. Yeah. And what's true about that clip is radio and formula radio and radio that is researched and uh, disc jockeys are told how to say things. Now... In in Kevin's defense, <laughs> because because Kevin Kevin Matheny, the real uh, pig breath, what was his name? <laughs> pig, I think it was in the book. It was pig, pig virus, and then in the pig, movie, pig, it was pig, oh, pig, pig vomit. vomit. Yeah, pig vomit. Pig vomit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was actually a dear friend of mine by the name of Kevin Matheny, who who gave me a lot of uh, big breaks in radio and liked the way I did things just fine. Which <laughs> it's surprising which, at all. Which which is either a condemnation or a, or an endorsement. I'm not sure which, but he he was a good person, a nice person. I liked him yeah. a lot. Uh but but the part about, you know, say it this way is true. Uh you know, Howard it's it's true Howard was cut from a different cloth than yeah. most DJs. That's but, true. Uh that clip and especially the part at the end uh, you know, with Don Imus, uh, that that stuff's real. Uh, mm-hmm. Other disc jockeys have gotten that same treatment from yeah. uh, bigger disc jockeys in other towns. So uh, all of that is very real also. It's interesting always for me to see that scene or hear that clip uh, because I, I knew 
the other 99% of Kevin Matheny. Oh, my God, yeah. Did you ever end up bumping into Don Imus when he was still kicking around? No, no, no. I never did. I no, never did. I, I may have mentioned before when I was a kid starting out in, of all places, Wichita, Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, we would we would huddle around in the production studio whenever a new tape came in of disc jockeys from around the country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of the air checks of their show, and Imus... Uh, back in 19-something, would would, uh, just kill. He was hilarious. He did what were, at the time, groundbreaking bits, famous bits like 10,000 hamburgers to go and you know but that was cutting cutting edge comedy he he called a rental car agency just before memorial day weekend to ask if they could tape up the headlights for him so you know he he certainly made his contribution but but people who knew him who were intimately close to him uh, said he was just a a racist Mm -hmm. a-hole uh, so you can and you can be both things yeah yeah you can be partly good and partly bad and I must certainly qualify for one of those. Yeah, well, I think everyone, all of us who have been through radio have had uh, a program director who sat us down, and maybe you didn't. I don't know, but I did. Eh, I certainly a little. <laughs> I had lots of those occasions where they would, take a, they would take an air check tape that I did at like 3 o'clock in the morning uh, on an overnight shift and start evaluating that right in front of you. Like, oh, did you say that word correctly? Did you uh, talk about the weather correctly and all those things? It was always a humiliating and terrible experience because inevitably <laughs> they would get the part of the air check that was the worst, the, the part in which you were yeah. ru- running downstairs to have a cigarette and then you couldn't make it back up in time for the end of the song and then you're, there was dead air and that's the part that the program director picks up on. And the, the story that I always tell, this was the biggest sin I ever committed on the radio, and it wasn't technically on a show. One of my duties at B104 in Allentown was that I had to record all of the commercials for the next day. So I would be doing commercial reads while I was also doing an air shift. So I would start up a song, I would run down the hall into the production (laughs) studio, read read some copy into a microphone, finish that up, run back, do another break, start another song, then go back, and et cetera, et cetera. And so we had these car dealership spots that we had to do. And you know the disclaimers at the end of all the car dealership spots that are required by law to a certain extent? Well, I decided that I didn't want to read the actual copy that went with the disclaimer, so I just did a bunch of gibberish words. I just started to the end of this Manderbach Ford commercial, and at the very end, I just went, I just started going, and then I finished the commercial. And of course they noticed that. Of course they they noticed that I was just speaking gibberish words, and I got in so much trouble for that. And now that I'm recalling that story, I'm thinking about a bunch of other times I got in trouble. But sure, yeah, yeah. Stories oh, for oh, another same, day. Same here too. I'll tell you when I when I first when I auditioned for my very first real job in radio. Yeah, uh, I was rejected the first time. I was mm-hmm. hired the second time yeah. because they've forgotten about me from the first. But <laughs> when I was in there uh, the first time, the program director critiqued my audition by saying, "You you need to start emphasizing the verbs." The verbs. Now, start just for fun today. Start talking like that. I. I drove to the store today. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, well, no, yeah, no, he's so clearly uh, this told me he didn't know what he was talking about. And this would be reinforced much later in my career yeah. when I would have what I thought was an abysmal day on the air. Mm. And I would pass the general manager in the hall and he would say, great job today. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I realize, I realize the man has no, none of management had any level of judgment, no ability right. to judge these sorts of things. So. 
That's what you learn. And you and I could tell uh, radio stories oh all day. Oh, my God. Yes, we can. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to have to hear on the show, I'm going to have to hear your story about gluing your news copy to blue index cards. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, let's dig into things here, my friend. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we've got uh, the impeachment and everything going on right now. But at the same time, Donald Trump and uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu <laughs> uh-huh. uh, had a uh, joint press conference today where they announced the uh, Donald Trump Middle East peace plan. Remember this mm-hmm. thing that uh, Jared Kushner was evidently working on for so long? Three years. Yeah, three years, yeah. Bob. He's been working on it for three years. Well, honestly, I had no real intention of actually discussing this topic no. at all because no. obviously this is going to be a gigantic fail for Donald Trump. This is this is baby yeah. politics is what he's engaged in here. And right. uh, just to say that he did, just to say that he tried, but there is no way this will ever be agreed upon. I, in fact, wrote that sentence down in my notes here. There is no way this will ever be agreed upon. Then, like seconds before we started the show today, the Associated Press gives us this breaking news. Palestinian yeah. Islamists, Hamas, reject Trump deal. Right. Which so gives it. Israel. It's done. Yeah. The deal endorsed by Netanyahu uh, gives Israel pretty much everything it wants. And there's a lot in there, a lot in there to hate for the Palestinians. Right. It, it, it sounds fairer than it is in some descriptions. I've been careful in sort of not covering this yet. I do this with some stories. I go, okay, yeah, let's see how this plays out. Let's mm-hmm. let's give this some analysis time before we declare what the president has or has not done because it would be misleading to say that he's accomplished this great Middle East peace effort yeah. uh, when when a closer look reveals that he has, in fact, not. So I'm, I'm very careful about stories like that. Um, yeah, this we didn't see this coming. I mean, it was originally billed as a as a as a kind of a two state solution. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're if 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 one of the states is New Jersey, maybe, <laughs> but. Yeah, there's just no way this is ever going to go. And, of course, Donald Trump will say it's the greatest peace plan in the history of all peace plans. And that's what this is about. That's it. This is an election year stunt. And he will play this as a success uh, and a great victory and a brilliant uh, strategic move, Mm -hmm. uh, even though it isn't. And in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if right now there's already one of those videos up on Trump's Twitter feed, which has got a bunch of like slow motion shots with the Lee Greenwood music in the background or some other dramatic production music and him shaking hands with uh, Nyatanhu. And then, uh, by the way, I can't say it any other way now. I'm stuck. I, 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 I have to say Prime Minister Benjamin Nyatanhu. Prime Minister Benjamin Nyatanhu. Thanks to Dan Badandi. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Well, um, there's his way. There are actually a lot of fun ways to to say it but you know and, and we each have our own favorite <laughs> lots of fun ways to say it that's right yeah. all right let's dig into this shit. Oh, yeah. it's still a thing right if you have yeah. any doubt it's gonna take him out ukraine he's really trying to change the subject but he can't do it Thank you, Tiny Trump. Uh, okay, so um, as far as the impeachment uh, uh, trial goes and Trump's defense, I had a few observations along those lines, uh, especially toward the end of last night's uh, proceedings, which, Jesus Christ. First of all, here's the general idea. This is the overall defense that they put up yesterday right. with, a, with a cast of thousands. All right. The president 
can't be impeached for abuse of power. But we also we also know, Buzz, that the president can't be indicted for abuse of right. power, which means there's that- no, no no stopping a president. Rob, they have unlimited <laughs> they have unlimited powers. Yes. So that's it. The president that's can it. do whatever the hell he wants now. And and only ab- the king. And so the whole concept of abuse of power not being impeachable allows all kinds of awfulness. And in fact, mm-hmm. forms of awfulness that can be applied to the election as well. So you have to ask if, yourself. If we accept it, yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, the president can abuse his power any way he chooses, and he can't be held accountable for that abuse of power. Which, by their argument. <laughs> yeah, by their argument, which I got to imagine that the founding fathers are turning over in their graves right now. They're spinning so fast, it's generating heat and melting the ground ice. <laughs> That's right. So, and then meanwhile, um, Pat Cipollone, the uh, White House counsel, it's part of Trump's defense, says that uh, Trump was impeached because he won the election. That was his closing remark last night. Trump was impeached because well, he won the election. Bob, you can't argue with logic like that. <laughs> you that? literally you literally cannot argue with no, logic like that. No, yeah. but he was impeached because he tried to cheat in the 2020 election. You know, that word cheat or the yeah. variation cheating has got to be used more often as we yes. discuss this topic. Yes, because yes, yes. That rings home better in. than, that. yeah, rings home with uh, the public better than any other word you could use, and it is accurate. Exactly, and, and once again, the argument that Alan Dershowitz made during his, I don't know what that was yesterday, a homily? He, was, he sounded like no he was one, delivering no. scripture. It was just so slow. It was like he had... You know, five minutes of copy that he had to stretch out over two hours. So he was adding a lot of ellipses in there. While he had a two and a half minute record going in the other room. Yes. <laughs> exactly right. And damn him if he didn't screw up that Manderbach Ford commercial. But uh, the argument that he made yesterday undercuts the defense. He said that uh, any kind of quid pro quo, even if there is a personal benefit, is not impeachable, let alone a crime. So yeah. then, what's their problem with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden? Because got, you know, you know, it's just noise. They have nothing else, and, yeah. and I think, I think now maybe by today, as the senators sit impatiently in their seats, their uncomfortable seats, <laughs> we're hearing we're hearing that again. But oh, it's, no. it's uh, well over long hours. It's probably true. They don't mind so much the chairs in the hearing rooms as much as they the, the ones on the Senate floor are are much less comfortable than, than what they're accustomed to. So it, it's a bit of a challenge for their asses. Uh, but but uh, there, there, they, there they remain in some anguish mm-hmm. about uh, the numbers they're losing to having witnesses uh, and the uh, call, not just by the... I got this last week, uh, 7 in 10 Americans wanted witnesses. This week, it's 7 in 10 Republicans who want... The Republican voters, yeah. 7 yeah. in 10 want witnesses, 85%. Of Democrats, eighty-four actually want want uh, witnesses. Mm-hmm. The pressure for this, and from the press and from the public, is mounting. I've heard uh, anecdotal evidence of uh, Republican senators going back to their districts and hearing from their people. Uh, you know what? We probably should have witnesses. Oh God! Yeah. And this is having an effect because these are their voters. These are the people they're looking to to reelect them, and it's all about getting reelected reelected for them. Mm-hmm. So this is these are huge developments. There is a a sea change underway here for sure. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Neil Katyal uh, wrote something for the New York Times the other day that I thought was a pretty strong idea. 
And he was talking about how the House managers can ask Chief Justice John Roberts to subpoena witnesses. And then it would require a two-thirds vote of Uh, the jurors of the Senate to overrule that decision or that choice by Chief Justice John Roberts. It just depends on whether or not he's capable of doing that. He's not just sitting on his hands back there waiting for this to be over. Capable of doing it? uh, Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, Will he do it? Uh, This is... He's very shy, Bob. He's very, very shy. He really wants to be a quiet little mouse and not uh, not be seen or heard or get in the way much at all. Yeah. Uh, to some to some degree, that's a tradition. To some degree, that's a tradition for uh, Supreme Court justices who yeah. preside over impeachments. Uh, but it's especially true with John Roberts, more so than his predecessor. Uh, and so, uh, you know, his inclination to do so uh, would seem pretty slim. But there's... I think some pressure on him as well to uh, to consider his options and and uh, columns like uh, the one contributed by Neil Cadiel uh, make a difference. Yeah, they absolutely do. And I think uh, Rachel Maddow asked one of the managers about that article on her show last night or on her coverage of the uh, impeachment trial. And uh, it seemed like the manager she was talking to, uh, I want to say Crow. Crow. Yeah, Crow of, Colo- <laughs> Crow of Colorado. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not to be confused with a crazy Kramer. Is, uh, <laughs> exactly. So also from Colorado. Yeah, yeah. So I got the sense that they don't really have any intention of going to uh, John Roberts and asking him for something like this. Well, uh, and Crow, Crow wouldn't be the guy to turn to for that anyway. Uh, he's there. I'll tell you why he's there, why he's part of one of the impeachment managers. And he was very effective at this uh, during the Democratic uh, uh, prosecution presentation. Yeah. Uh, He's there because he's a veteran. He's there Mm. for God and country and patriotism. And he did it very, 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 very well. He served an important function, I think, in in the Democrats' case. But uh, he's not very experienced or very well-versed. And you'd have to turn to one of the lead managers uh, to, I think, to get an answer to that question. Well, we'll see how uh, that all plays out. I, my guess is they're going to go through normal channels as far as they can, and I think once they finally get to a point where there's no other uh, avenues in which to bring up witnesses, if uh-huh. everything is blocked along that uh, trajectory, that's when they may go to their, uh, for lack of a better term, their nuclear option by asking uh, Chief Justice Ron, uh, John Roberts to help them out with this. I, I just I don't yeah. see it happening in the immediate uh, couple of days, but you know you never know how this is all going to play a, out. It's a possibility, I think, because they're in so deep they can't rule out any option. And uh, yeah, I'm sure those are prioritized, uh, and and that's near, if not at, the bottom of the list. But uh, yeah, it that doesn't make it any less of a possibility, certainly right. uh, less of an option. So uh, I think you know the important thing. You've come this far with it. You're not going to abandon such an effort at at any point until you're just completely defeated. And honestly, mm, I'm not sure I see that coming. I I think that the outcome of this trial is much less certain. Uh, Certainly, the prospect of having witnesses is uh, not having witnesses is much less certain than than it was before. Things have changed vastly here. Oh my! In just a few days. Uh, there have been dramatic changes in uh, where this is headed, in poll numbers, in everything else. Uh, this this baby's going down, and uh, you know it's it just it's it's all over but the 
complaining, I guess. Yeah, you know, I made the case in Salon today. I said, you know, at some point, these guys are going to have to figure out that Trump needs them more than they need Trump. You know, they're approaching Trump as if he's this gigantic monster who they have to constantly appease and pay tribute to. The fact is, though, I think he needs them. Donald Trump is ultimately, when it it comes to -to head-to-head fights against congressional Republicans in general, Donald Trump tends to back off more than not. So I think when it comes to impeachment, when it comes to uh, his agenda, when it comes to making sure that his all of his copious skeletons all of which we know about don't get suddenly revealed or leaked to the public by some industrious member of the senate republican caucus i feel like they control trump more than they think they do and right that's true that's yeah true. what and it's not i hear a lot of people say this and and i think it deserves clarification and i've even said they're they're afraid of trump and what he might tweet but not because they fear Trump so much as they fear the Trump voters, which back home in South Dakota and in Tennessee and Mississippi and Kentucky, yeah. they know they can't get reelected if they don't support this president or if this president condemns them or mm-hmm. calls them out. Uh, that being connected to Trump, as morally repugnant as it is to some of them, is uh, their meal ticket, is is the Republican support back home. So what they're really afraid of is less of Trump and more of Trump's voters. But you are right, and your point is more than valid, that uh, honestly, he needs them at this point, certainly more, very much more at this point. He needs them uh, more than they need him. Well, yeah, and if you look at the most contested Senate races right now, the Republicans who are under greatest threat of losing re-election, talking about mm-hmm. Cory Gardner in Colorado, Joni Ernst, right. Susan Collins, <laughs> these are all members of the Senate who probably don't want Donald Trump anywhere near their states to stop. I don't know. I don't I don't know from the things that Joni Ernst has been saying, it sounds like she's ready to go down in flames with him. Um oh, weird. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it it is it's hard to read. Uh, you know, if the I think I say this in my report this week. In fact, since I wrote it, I know that I say this in my report this week. Uh you can nobody knows how this turns out yeah. because things are are changing so rapidly literally anything could happen at this point yeah. it's it's you know no holds barred at this point uh you know it's it's hard to predict we knew we thought we knew where things were headed we certainly yeah. know how things seemed it's okay to know how things seem but but you don't really know until it actually happens and uh we've seen events this week that are uh, seismic that are you know, earth shifting. Oh, God, yeah. And in fact, we're going to get to John Bolton here in just a few minutes. But, you know, with regard to uh, going back to Joni Ernst and and Corey Gardner and, and Susan Collins, they're yeah. all underwater in the polls, and true, it's and it's true. not because people in those states love Donald Trump. It's because people in those states are sick and fucking tired of Donald Trump. So consequently, they've uh, had to endure the taint of Trump. That's why they're underwater. So it seems to me as if all of these members of the Senate have nothing to lose. They can stick it to Trump if they need to, 
and that'll probably help them get reelected. I mean, I'm not necessarily wanting them to get reelected, so you know they can do whatever the hell they want. But ultimately, they have less to fear in Donald Trump than Donald Trump has to fear them. You know uh, who was it? Uh, Agnes King was saying yesterday that there, Agnes, yeah, yeah, huh? that, that that there could be, or did, what did I say? Uh, Agnes? Did I say Agnes? Agnes or, I believe, yeah, that's. <laughs> That's his cousin Agnes. That's his cousin Agnes. Angus, right, right. Yeah. Angus, Angus King was saying yesterday uh, that he's predicting, he's going out on a limb and saying that there could be as many as 10 Republican yes. votes in support of some of these motions, subpoenaing uh, documents, subpoenaing witnesses. And so he, yeah. maybe, maybe some of these senators are willing to go along in that regard because maybe they're seeing that uh, Donald Trump isn't as formidable uh, as they think he is. Believe it or not, because of the evidence at this point, because of the John Bolton that we're going to be discussing, uh, some Republican senators, some, have reached a point where they're literally ill to their stomachs, uh, uh, agonizing over being caught between, in some cases, what they know is right and what they feel they must do which is diametrical to what their constituents want. Mm. Do they do they lead against their constituents' will, or do they cave for the votes? Uh, I think we know what most Republican senators will do. I don't think we know what all Republican senators will do because some of them, some of them may be losing sleep over this. Some of, this is a very serious question for some of them, yeah. and it only takes. I think you know. Uh, in the case of Angus King's estimate, a 10 might be wistfully high. He said, I think he said between five and 10. I believe personally, there are between four and 10 somewhere in, in that range, I think. And I think they need more than four votes because there may be one or two democratic, uh, defections, uh, when it comes to certain votes. So, yeah. Yeah. In the case Joe Manchin being one of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just can't say, but I also think there'll be some democratic unity again, nobody knows how this turns out. Yeah, no, no, no. And in fact, I'm not as concerned about uh, guys like Joe Manchin, mainly because if it looks like there's going to be a winning vote, uh, he may not even matter. Because really, all they need is fifty-one. Right. It's it, this is Moneyball, and it's just come down to that. They don't right. need to necessarily have a vote of fifty-eight or fifty-nine uh, senators to to get this to fly. So then, therefore, Joe Manchin can keep his uh, his constituency in West Virginia satisfied by voting against if he needs to, uh, and they can still and the Democrats can still win that particular vote without him. So it all depends on how that susses out. It, it, in advance of any particular votes to come up. So we'll see, see how that works out. But, uh, I I just want, I want to add the note that, uh, after the, uh, Republican, after the Trump's lawyers presentation yesterday, um, uh, Joni Ernst, uh, was in, in the hallway, uh, telling reporters, she's really interested to see how this discussion today, that, uh, Trump lawyer case, how it, how it informs and influences the Iowa caucus voters, those Democratic caucus goers, will they be supporting VP Biden at this point? Close quote. In other words, she's admitting publicly, and I don't think she was supposed to do this, but publicly admitting that uh, the purpose of yesterday's entire uh, quote-unquote defense of Donald Trump uh, wasn't the purpose of that at all. Uh, it, the purpose was to hurt Joe Biden in the upcoming yeah. know, next week, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the uh, Iowa caucus. Right, right. That's what Pam Bondi's job was. 
during her time. Right. Also, she, yeah. Yeah. Spent all that time they, going over the Hunter Biden thing, which is completely irrelevant to any of this. <laughs> their real motive, yeah, irrelevant to the trial, their real motive laid bare now is to hurt Biden. Yeah. And, it, and in fact, not only was it irrelevant uh, as far as the overall argument goes, as far as the overall uh, impeachment articles go, but as we said earlier, it's contradictory to what uh, Alan Dershowitz said at the top of the proceedings, where he's saying, yeah, you know what? The quid pro quo is not an impeachable offense here right and so therefore oh by the way let's look at joe biden who did a quid pro quo and let's investigate him for that well okay that and, doesn't make any and, sense and and saying that even if it were it's not an impeachment even if it were a crime right it's not a crime but if it were a crime which it's not it's not an impeachable offense <laughs> exactly. we, we we rest our case your honor <laughs> yeah perfect Okay, now imagine this Valentine's Day story is about you. You're parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes. Glancing in the mirror, you notice your wrinkles and large under-eye bags. You rummage through your bag thinking, where's your secret weapon? And there it is, voila, plexiderm. You find your canister of plexiderm. You apply the clear serum under your eyes. And boom, two minutes later, you start seeing the under-eye bags and wrinkles disappearing in front of your eyes. You'll look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is the clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in just a matter of minutes. It's the Valentine's Day gift for yourself. Go to triplexiderm.com, enter the code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off, plus an extra $10 off. Again, enter SEXYLIBERAL at triplexiderm.com to get 50% off, plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292, mentioning the code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, so get your special discount now. Enter SEXYLIBERAL at triplexiderm.com. Deborah's home was stolen. No, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest-growing white-collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity, gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need Home Title Lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show. There's a Bible sitting on the nightstand that no one ever reads. They never look me in the eye when I hand them their keys. This is uh, Jer- Jesse Terry. I almost called him Jerry, but it's not. I love the sound. Not his name. Yeah, this is Jesse Terry from his uh, The Runner album, a song called Loveless Motel. Kimberly and I were talking about Shit's Creek on, uh, <laughs> on the after party the other day. I had to play this song, Loveless Motel connect to the Shit's Creek thing, right? Um, okay, make sure to submit your music if you have a band or if you're a solo recording artist. Submit your music to bobseska.com slash music. It's as easy as that. We'll play your songs here 
on the show. Thank you. By the way, yes. uh, the announcer the announcer coming out of the break got it wrong. It should be said the Bob Seska show. It should be the Bob <laughs> Seska show. That's right. Hopefully he'll make that correction. Oh uh, man, I always oh, oh. I, I try to I try to get him to listen to how Imus says it and they never listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey Bob, I'll trade you my Biden card for your Bolton card. Bolton, 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 Story keeps unfolding. The Cartier's all holding. Trump's fried. Trump <laughs> thinks that he can weather the lawyers thrown together in a pact of professional suicide. All the evidence they've been missing to the rest goodbye, they're kissing. The country has been taken for a ride. Bolton, 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 Trump's fried. Uh, the great rocky mountain mike thank you thank you mike i love that um okay yeah so uh john bolt i i think this was a strategic leak by team bolton i i think he and his people leaked this themselves it's hard to tell or it could have been someone in the national security office at the white house yeah who because the timing of this, there are two suspicious things about the timing, if you mm-hmm. want to be suspicious. Yep. Uh, the first is, as you suggested, uh, perhaps, and, and it's been noted, that uh, this manuscript leaked on the same day that uh, it, the book went up for pre-sale on Amazon. <laughs> yes. Well, that's interesting timing, but there's another way to look at this. Mm-hmm. There's more than one. That's uh, nothing wrong with uh, looking at that, but there is one other way to look at it, and that is that, it was just the day before that Trump's argued. Uh, Trump's lawyers argued there was no witness to Trump saying that there was a connection between right. Ukraine aid and the investigations. And boom, <laughs> boom, <laughs> boom! Less than twenty-four hours later, uh, here's the manuscript saying, "Oh yeah, here Bolton. Bolton is a witness <laughs> to that. Sure." I, I thought so, you, for a second there, I thought you were going to do the Rocky Mountain Mike song. Bolton, Bolton, Bolton. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I'll leave, I'll leave that to, to Rocky Mountain Mike, who does a, a sterling job there. He made me laugh out loud. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, so keep that in mind. Keep, you know, there are motives, certainly, on both sides. And in the end, does it really matter? The bomb dropped. Yes. The, you know, uh, the, the you, it, that bell can't be unrung Mm-mm. now. And that's what... The senators, the Republican senators are fretting on as they sit here, as you and I record this show, and uh, the Republican senators sit for the final few hours of uh, the president's lawyer's presentation. Uh, They're not listening to what those guys are saying. They're thinking, what the hell are we going to do about Bolton and witnesses, and how long will this trial go on? Which, by the way, has been one of their uh, complaints, one of their excuses for not calling witnesses, is, oh, it's going to make this thing go on much too long. (laughs) It's like, you know, yeah, we should have stopped the Menendez brothers' trial about halfway through, (laughs) but we forged ahead. That's right. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, going back to the the timing of all of this is is so appropriate, and this speaks to the strategy of the uh, Trump defense team. It's almost as if Bolton and his guys waited until they blurted, oh, yeah, no one in the White House actually heard Trump talking yeah. about this shit. Yeah. And, and that's when Bolton said, okay, now drop it. I mean, it's just, I, maybe I'm a little bit uh, theatrical with all of this, but that's that's how it seemed. Well, the timing like was I said, so precise, wasn't it? 
wasn't it? Exactly. There yeah. are two. And that, this is the fun part about living in these times right. is that there are two sort of mirror image motivations here, motives mm-hmm. you know, for, for the release and the timing of the release. Was it done to boost book sales? There's a fair argument for that considering the timing of the pre-sale release. Uh, or was it done to counter to disembowel the Republicans like using uh, eviscerate and disembowel. Yeah. Was it used to gut, <laughs> this is a word I use a lot, <laughs> was it used to gut the, the the Trump defense that had been offered the day before? Because uh, what dropped on Sunday was a direct refutation of what Trump's lawyers had said the day before. That's right, that's right. And so, I mean, here's another occasion in which Donald Trump unintentionally screwed his only allies. Another justification, as far as I'm concerned, for why they need to cut bait with this guy. Because at any turn, and and may not be part of a deliberate strategy, but at any turn, Donald Trump could, uh, you know, body check them into a spinning propeller blade, and they're screwed. And this is another example of that, where the White House had at least one copy of this, and there have been reports indicating that there were more copies made once they got a hard copy at the White White House, and they didn't tell anyone on the Hill. They didn't uh, let any of the senators know. So they let the senators go out. They even let uh, Cipollone and the defense team say these things, even though their own White House had the book. Someone really fucked up in the White House because the, the, the White House counsel is up on the Hill right now defending Donald Trump or was defending Donald Trump saying that, oh, no one actually heard Donald Trump talking about this crap. But Cipollone's own White House had the book. They were vetting it. They were looking at it. The National Security Council was looking through this thing. And I'm sure Donald Trump knew some of the content in there. I'm sure some of the people who were in Donald Trump's immediate loop had that information at their disposal. And yet they didn't tell anyone about it. Why? Because it, well, obviously, I don't know if they were deliberately trying to screw over their own people as well as the Republican caucus in the Senate, but they did, and it was no. probably because of incompetence. I mean, that's how, that's the only well, uh, justification. Uh, that or you don't want to tell mom you broke the window. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. Yeah. But but so so here are the senators that I just described okay. as not listening to Trump's lawyers and uh, worried about where the trial is headed and whether there'll be witnesses and how long it's going to last. And then you add this to it, this thing that you just described. Mm. And so they're also sitting there in some degree of anger. They are extremely upset that the White House allowed them to be blindsided in the way that you just described. So they're sitting there not listening to Trump's lawyers, uh, confused, confused, fuddled about what to decide about witnesses. Yeah. Uh, and and at the same time, they're angry uh, about having been left out of the conversation and then getting blindsided in the midst of the president's defense. Yeah. Uh, this is a devastating thing that's happened here. And so, like I said, this is why they're not listening to whatever Seculo and company are right. saying. Well, I mean, the, the crazy thing is, is the entire Trump defense is built on a mountain of bullshit. I mean, what we've heard from Trump's defense team over the last several days is just a lot of stalling and bullshit. I mean, I, I reference also Alan Dershowitz's remarks, uh, again, going back to him, with his long, pedantic description of a pamphlet written by a guy in 1695 about crimes and misdemeanors. And it's just like, let's just kill as much time as we 
we can here. We, we L- called it Shelbyville back then. <laughs> That's right. And we wore onions on our belts. And so that was really the essence of of their defense. Uh, it's White House incompetence coming back to screw them all again. And that's part of it. And and their competence uh, stops at Trump uh, at Trump's desk because uh, he has already uh, he wanted to one of the options Republicans and, yeah. and his lawyers were considering was claiming executive privilege as a way of keeping John Bolton from testifying. Well, Trump, because he's an idiot, uh, tweeted about the conversation he had with John Bolton, bringing that into the public arena, uh, therefore waiving any right to executive privilege over that conversation. It's now a public knowledge. There's no executive privilege over that anymore. So he's blown that. Uh, So that incompetence goes all the way to the top. Mm -hmm. 100%. And, you know, this other bit of news that we got yesterday is... Uh, even more fascinating to me in terms of its details. We're talking about now this uh, information from the book in which John Bolton had informed Bill Barr, looping Bill Barr in all of this, and also turning Bill Barr into a bit of a questioner of Donald Trump, which is is an interesting turn of events here. But John Bolton... both. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating because I thought Bill Barr, the one reason he's there is to defend Donald Trump. And apparently... At least behind the scenes, that publicly, may not though, be the case. Yeah, yeah publicly, and that's 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 the the rock and hard place he's between right yeah, now is yeah. the public face and the private face of that. And again, the two sides people can have multiple sides. Bolton and Barr were both concerned that Donald Trump was promising personal favors to right. Erdogan of Turkey and Xi of China. He of the big delicious chocolate cake. Um, Who's my favorite dictator? <laughs> That's right. He said that. He said that to to uh, Egypt's leader recently. Well, this really the promise that they're talking about here in this particular section of the book it has uh, to do with a company called ZTE, which yes. was just by way of some background here. ZTE was sanctioned by Trump for violating American sanctions against Iran and North Korea. And this is what um, has caused ZTE to scramble. They've got job losses there. They've had to cut back because of the sanctions and so on. ZTE is also suspected of spying on American citizens. In fact, yes. uh, I, I wrote a Salon article about this Trump-ZTE relationship. Uh, I don't know, maybe 2018. And I noticed that uh, there were reports going around that said that the heads of the NSA, the FBI, and the CIA were all concerned that ZTE was using their technology yes. to spy on U.S. consumers and then That's sharing correct. sharing that data with the Chinese government. So right. then you fast forward to May of 2018 when Donald Trump tweeted this, President Xi of China and I are working together to give massive Chinese phone company ZTE a way to get back into business fast. Too many jobs in China lost. Commerce Department has been instructed to get it done. So you know what this is? This is a tweet confirming what John Bolton wrote. This is a tweet that confirms Donald Trump was promising Xi special treatment when it came to ZTE, which, once again, spying on American citizens and violating U.S. sanctions against Iran and North Korea. So this is 100% confirmed, as far as I'm concerned, at least by this tweet that Donald Trump wrote back in May of 2018. So, indeed, this is something that Donald Trump's doing. He's going around trying to cut deals by offering to you know, pull back on investigations to do personal favors for these dictators. I mean, it's not like we even needed evidence. As far as I'm concerned, Donald Trump never gets the benefit of the doubt. If you think, oh, 
you know, maybe he did this or maybe he did that. Well, chances are he probably did because there's no Jay, reason to Jay, think that he didn't. Jaywalking, guilty. Animal cruelty, guilty. <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's something along those lines. Lawrence Tribe uh, wrote up an, a pretty ominous take on Twitter the other day. He said here, a horrible connection if it pans out. On December 30th, Trump learned what Bolton's book would say. Bolton has been pushing war with Iran for years. Iran's General Soleimani was in the U.S. sites for years. Trump suddenly ordered his assassination on January 3rd, four days after seeing the Bolton book. I mean, that's something where I was like, interesting, huh, interesting take, a little conspiratorial, yeah. but you know what? Donald because- Trump doesn't, doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt at all on this. So no, maybe. no, you know, Bolton. Bolton was clearly a hawkish toward Iran. He wanted military intervention there. He wanted regime change in Iran. And yeah. if if killing a nation's top general isn't a move toward regime change, I'm not sure what is. And in fact, it did set off uh, civil unrest in Iran against, once again, against uh, the people's own government. Well, I'm sure Lawrence Tribe wasn't the only one who kind of started to connect the dots when it came to uh, the existence of that book. In the hands of the White House uh, around December 30th, and then followed by the attack on Soleimani on January 3rd, wow. just a couple wow. of days later. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, it's the time frame that I had in mind, and this is brilliant. I, I, this is not something, these are not two things I'd put together. I did notice that it was interesting that Bolton had always been for this kind of intervention, but that it wasn't until after Bolton was gone that, uh, the Trump should make such a move, and then yeah. you you enlighten me here to, that uh, you know that that happened four days after the White House got a copy of the book. Now, when yeah. Trump, you know, we know he doesn't read. Okay, we know he doesn't read. So <laughs> right. somebody read it and 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 verbally capsulized it for him in twenty seconds, and he's going to go with that. Uh, yeah, and we also know that Donald Trump exploits foreign policy in order to help personal, himself for his personal personal, personal gain. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I wondered, you know, Bolton uh, said and and said that Pom- uh sorry that uh, Bill Barr seemed to, you know, feel the same way that they were concerned that uh, not only was uh, Trump going around praising dictators as in how's my favorite dictator <laughs> to, you know, uh, to 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 you know uh, saying he believed Putin over U.S. intelligence, all this uh, praise and curry toward uh, dictators uh, concerned. It's yeah. nice to know we weren't the only ones. Uh, it also concerned uh, Bolton and I, apparently to some degree uh, Barr. Yeah. And so uh, this is an interesting re- revelation, but also that yes, uh, they were trying to grant favors uh, trump was trying to grant favors to these dictators and yes to your point just now that had to be for personal profit yeah so it is i think it's possible again i have no reason to doubt uh what lawrence tribe wrote it's possible that donald trump tried to use the uh, the tensions with iran in order to assuage john bolton to change his book or to not release that section of the book or something something to keep uh, john bolton out of the mix when it came to impeachment again no reason to doubt uh that and every reason to uh doubt donald trump's motives in all of this right um, yeah they're still considering a restraining order against him although that's a free speech problem oh, uh they're they're 
they, they're considering executive privilege still, even though that's been blown now by yeah. the president himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they're they're grasping at every available straw. <laughs> exactly. All right. You know what? Uh, I want to talk about uh, Lou Dobbs and Dan Bongo Bongo here in just a second, right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm no comic book superstar. I can't leap over buildings or outrun any trains. I know I'm not indestructible. When I can break so easy and it's tough to be brave But if the weight of the world is pushing you down You can count on me to pull you out If you take my hand, I won't let go This is The Bitter Elegance and a song called Unsuperhero from Painting Over Your Ghost Link in the description for all of our indie bands. Make sure to go to bobseska.com. Click on the today's podcast or whatever podcast you're looking for. Uh, in that link, there'll be all the links you need to uh, support all of our indie bands here in the show. Indie Music Countdown coming up this weekend, February 2, Sunday. That's when I'm going to do it. Excellent. I look forward to that. Also, tomorrow, Sherry Jacobus on the interview show. I can't wait to talk to Sherry. I've been wanting to talk to Sherry for a good long time. She is one of the smarty, smart people on Twitter. And I can't wait to get her insight on the impeachment, on Donald Trump, and Michael... I will said Michael Bolton. <laughs> We're not going to talk it's about... about time. <laughs> we need to get to the bottom of that whole saxophone thing. Yeah, when's Michael Bolton going to testify? When was that going to happen? When are they going to subpoena Michael Bolton? Oh, wait, it's John Bolton. Fox News thinks that John Bolton is now a liberal operative, which is just unbelievably hilarious to anyone who actually knows about John Bolton. Spoiler alert, it's not going to work. It's not. No, because, listen, among Republican senators, among Republican voters, John Bolton is beloved. Yeah. John Bolton is nearly as freaking popular, uh, competitively popular uh, with Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. I'm serious about this. Mm-hmm. He is revered by many, many, if not most, if not all conservatives. Uh, so uh, this is a dangerous gambit, in my opinion, uh, for them to, to be condemning one of their own. They have no options, of course. Because yeah. they have nothing, they have nothing else. They're cornered. So this kind of there are going to be there's going to be collateral damage damage here. 
uh, because they are cornered and because they are panicking and because they have nothing else. Yeah. Lou, uh, Lou Dobbs called him a rhino and said he's a tool for the radical Dems in the deep state. <laughs> So funny to me. It's John, Dobbs. John Bolton. John Bolton is a uh, an operative for the deep state and for the Democrats. Yes, Lou right. Dobbs. Lou, Lou Dobbs says John Bolton is a rhino. <laughs> That's think. Just think about that for a minute. I, I actually used to watch uh, a little bit of Lou Dobbs, uh, like back in the eighties or yeah. something. You know, before he went nuts, right? And uh, and I believe uh, uh, killed a stagehand with a chair. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That that happened. <laughs> Holy shit! What? Really? No, yeah, no, no, he no, did. Did no, he really? No, uh, see now. Oh no, no, that was an irresponsible joke on my part. <laughs> killed the stage and with a chair. That is the funniest he, fucking thing. I want that but, to be true. I I, but I he, want to believe that that is true. <laughs> but he did go nuts. I got that part right. <laughs> Well, good. You know what? I, I hope one day Lou Dobbs kills Dan Bongino with a chair. That'd be a nice uh, turn of events on Fox News Channel because Dan Bongino was also uh, ranting yesterday about how John Bolton is just another snake in the liberal swamp. Yes. He's just, yes, John Bolton is the commander of the liberal swamp and uh, is also snake like. Yeah, he's a snake and a rhino. Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering, my God, the brain damage, the brainwashing, uh, yes, yes. Ding, as ding, the case ding, may yeah. be. Yeah. How does anyone watch that with a brain in their head and go, yeah, John Bolton, that guy is nothing but uh, a snake in the liberal swamp. He's nothing but a Democratic deep state conspirator. Yeah. That- we want John- to believe. <laughs> We want to believe. I mean, the 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 subtext at all of this, which shouldn't be subtext. This should be the first line in any uh, remark about John uh-huh. Bolton and the impeachment and Donald Trump, is that John Bolton was hired by Donald Trump because yes. John Bolton was on Fox News Channel and has been a commentator on Fox News Channel for the last 12 goddamn years. Everybody <laughs> who's testified against him before Congress yeah. was hired by Donald Trump. You know what's amazing to me, and this is a kind of an aside, but you know, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman is still working uh, in the White House. Can you believe that? Can you imagine... <laughs> That's that's gonna be awkward. There's a, an SNL sketch for you right there. Yeah. How 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 uncomfortable is that? <laughs> yeah, but he's still doing it. I, I give him a lot of credit for sticking around because it can't. Beck Bennett. Beck Bennett could do those eyes. You know. <laughs> yes, and, Beck Bennett is perfect. Because because Vindman has very open eyes. You know, very big round open eyes. And, yeah. And uh, that could be. <laughs> that, that could work very well if he were in an awkward or uncomfortable office situation. So here's the thing. All of this, everything that happened uh, with John Bolton and the leaking of this uh, section of the manuscript and so on right. has completely annihilated what, what would have otherwise been, you know, an entire month of news during normal times surrounding this recording, which is actually a video of Donald Trump threatening um, uh, Marie Ivanovich uh, during this dinner with a bunch of his goons, including Don Jr. and Fruman and Parnas. And and they just, they let, uh, I think it was Igor Fruman did the recording. I think they let Fruman keep his cell phone turned on for all this time on video. At one point I watched, God damn it, help me. Someone please help me. I watched the whole video. Wow. Um, 
And it was at one point, um, someone goes up to, uh, I think it was Fruman and says, you can't have that turned on here. Can you turn yes, that off? Yes, I caught that. Yeah. yeah, because some people might not want to have their picture taken here. And so all he does is take the phone and set it down on the table so it's facing directly up at the ceiling and then just right. continues going on about their conversations and so on and and was able to capture Donald Trump saying, get rid of her, get her out tomorrow. I don't care. Get her out tomorrow. Take her out, okay? Do it. This I want to I want to talk about the take her out thing. I yeah. don't know. I don't know that anybody can genuinely say that Trump was ordering a harm come to her. He was he was clearly saying that she should be fired. Yeah. But let's talk about take her out for a minute. What yeah. is that? I That's know. mob speak. Right. It's mob because you know what? He's a he he didn't order her killed. He simply said fire her, take her out. Mm-hmm. Why did he say take her out? Because in his heart uh, what's the opening line from uh, Goodfellas? For as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> right. And and I, I think he, in his heart, he wants to be a mob boss. That's mm-hmm. maybe how he envisions himself, and he uses that sort of language a lot. Take her out isn't the only example of the mob speak that he's used. Yeah. Rat yeah. and so on. You know, I started to observe this way back when The Sopranos was on HBO, when it was in its uh-huh. initial run. And, right. uh, you know, so many people watch that show. I love that show. I think I've watched the seasons through uh, maybe half a dozen times at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's such a great show. But, I mean... I don't necessarily take it seriously. I don't walk around after I see it I going, hey, for, yeah, forget about it and all that shit. I don't do all that mob speak. But there were so many guys when that show was on who were as white as white can be, as far from being yes. as Italian gangsters as you could possibly be, who were going around at the, in the lunchroom and around the water cooler at work going, hey, forget about it. Hey, fafangoo, gabagoo, and all that shit. And it just it used to drive me uh-huh. bananas because I was like, you know what? These people are sociopaths. These people are murdering yes, psychopaths. Yes, They're serial yes. killers. They're it not really to be is, admired. It really is summed up by Ray Liotta's opening line in Goodfellas. For yeah. as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. It really, yeah. uh, he's not. He's one of those folks. You know, he's one of the people who could have watched. Uh, uh, you know, could have watched The Sopranos and mm-hmm. been inspired by it. There's apparently a fair amount of that mindset out there. I, I wonder if the American version of the Italian mafia. I wonder if they would have been rounded up uh, earlier or sooner, eradicated earlier, had uh, they not had a sense of humor, had they not been interesting people. Because that's the oh, di- sure. that's the dichotomy it, with mafia it, guys is they're fascinating people with with and they're funny. And so and they have re- re- yeah. real families and grandchildren. They like to bounce on their knees. And, yeah. And then they order people killed. And you know, <laughs> yeah. like I said, people can have multiple sides. And in, in this case, I think uh, what we're talking about here is a bunch of guys uh, with uh, Parnas and Fruman and Trump and uh-huh. Giuliani and this entire right. gaggle of Batman villains. I think they're all just really into that culture. And I'm fairly yeah. certain that Donald Trump has done all kinds of business with the Italian mafia in, in New York City. Certainly the to. Russian mafia. Which he switched is a, to them. Yeah, which is a whole yeah. different entity with different standards and different techniques. And He, he yeah. started out with the Italian mob uh, in New York and was dissatisfied with their service. Their customer <laughs> service was not what he had hoped for. So he switched. He literally switched to uh, an associations with uh, people affiliated with the Russian mob. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dissatisfied with the customer service. Yes, left the mafia a terrible, terrible Yelp review. Right. And right. decided, hey, you know what? Screw the Italian mafia. I'm going to go see what the Russians have to offer. They're, they're, they've got four and a half stars on Yelp, so maybe I'll try them out. <laughs> <laughs> be able to help me out getting elected. And they're very good. A- yeah, ask Marie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what else here. Oh, we're done. We're, we're coming up on the end here. So what? we're going to bump everything else over to the post-mortem show. I w- wanted to mention real quick this Fox News poll showing 50, yes. 50% of Americans think the Senate should vote to convict and remove Donald Trump, while 44% believe the Senate should not vote to remove Trump from office, which is uh, the, the operative terms here in this particular poll are Fox and News. Right. And and the fact that that's a six-point lead, which is a, an ass-kicking in a real election. Yes. And let me take it uh, even farther to say that that same poll shows now a 20-point lead among independents, those decisive wow. independents. 20% lead, 54% to 34%, I believe, uh, as far as in favor of conviction and removal. 54%, uh, a wide majority, a 20-point lead. Uh, want this guy removed from office now? Hooray! Let's. Uh, yeah. I, I have very little confidence that the Republicans will follow the polls on this, but there's always pressure. a chance. Yes, pressure I mean, is pressure is building. Cracks mm-hmm. have formed. Yes, they Certain are. Certain things have become undeniable. Like I said, they're sitting in their seats this afternoon, mm-hmm. listening to the closing arguments uh, of the opening arguments uh, of the uh, defense, the Republican defense of of. Uh, President Trump and what they're really sitting there is they're, they're stewing. They're angry. Uh, they're frustrated. Uh, they feel they feel trapped and cornered. Uh, the Earth is shifting. Watch everything that happens from this point forward. That's so sad. So sad for I the know. Republicans. The Earth is shifting under them. I, I, the small tear. I'm shedding a small tear for the Republicans. Okay, uh, Buzz Burbank news and comment every Thursday. Coming up this Thursday, it's the best hour of news you're going to hear all week. BuzzBurbank.com, also RealmNetwork.com, and everywhere you get your podcast, subscribe, five star rating and review for. Buzz Burbank news and comments. Same goes for Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, sexyliberal.com. Make sure to uh, give a five-star rating and review to all of the Sexy Liberal programs, including this one, on all your favorite podcast platforms. Okay, that's it. Postmortem show coming up next on our Patreon page. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Drive safely. Drive safely.